0: Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Good morning. This is your Wake Up Call. Wake Up Call 040, Alive by Faith. Wake Up Call, 040-ALIVE-BY-FAITH, and this is the Faith for My Generation podcast. Of course, I'm your host, AJ, and I'm so glad that you're listening today, or if you're watching, we're putting out this content, these episodes everywhere that we can, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube channel now. And then, of course, we're putting it up in real form, and TikTok form, so find me, on all the socials, The AJ Bible, or if you search AJ Bible, you'll find the podcast. And of course, on the podcast channel, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, of course, you know that because you're listening. You found it somehow, and I'm thankful for you. We're going to go into Galatians chapter 2, starting at verse 17. We're going to read a couple verses for our wake-up call today, and I want us to get our heart and our mind wrapped around this simple thought. As a Christian, as a believer, we are alive by faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and sometimes we have to cut through natural thinking, soulish thinking. You understand that we are a spirit. That's who we are. Uh, the book of Ephesians tells us that when we were dead in sins, we were dead spiritually, right? Before you believed on Jesus, you were dead. Now, obviously not physically. Your lungs were pumping air. Your heart was pumping blood. You were alive physically but spiritually and your soul was dead to sin so when we believe on Jesus we've been made alive with Christ but we still have to kind of overcome some natural thinking because generally what we see taste touch our our sense knowledge as it's called can overrule or override our faith knowledge if we allow it but we we don't want that to happen we want to live by the spirit and by faith in God and we always want to recalibrate our thinking and our wisdom to the truth of God's Word. And I want you to see today, more clearly than ever, that you are alive because you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verse 17 says this, But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law, that I might live to God. Verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself... For me. verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God. for if righteousness comes through the law then Christ died in vain. We're, I've been working my way through the book of Galatians and actually uh, look for it on the podcast channel. I found a way that I, I do some streaming on the TikTok platform and I'm able to download those streams, And repurpose them so that they'll be available here on the uh, podcast channels, uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast, as well as on the YouTube channel. And uh, when I first started doing that, streaming just Bible reading on TikTok, I I more or less just read through Scripture and every now and then would stop at a portion of Scripture and kind of talk about it. But then I've been, uh, the past week or so, I've gotten extremely detailed going verse by verse, seeing that there's just so many people that have questions about the things of God and about the Word of God. And I realized, you know what, maybe a slower study, verse by verse, through these books of the Bible will actually be more beneficial than just reading. Reading's great, but if you don't understand what you're reading, then what's the purpose of it? So be on the lookout for those. Those will be coming on the podcast channel very soon, and I believe they'll be of benefit to you, though it's a little bit different setting than just me speaking and having a conversation at least one-sided. I don't know. Maybe you're talking back to me right now in your car, in the kitchen, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're talking back to me. I know sometimes I talk back to the podcast that I'm listening to. But it it might be a little bit different format. But nonetheless, I've been working my way through the book of Galatians. And to give you a good context of what's going on here, this letter, Galatians, is written to a group of churches in a place called Galatia in Asia Minor. It was a region. And in fact, when you read in verse 2 of chapter 1 of Galatians, it says, And all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, there's an association, there's a grouping of churches of physical meeting places of believers in this region called Galatia. They're encountering something here in these churches. There's something going on that by the Holy Spirit, Paul is correcting. And the Holy Spirit moves on Paul to write this letter, which is, is the Word of God. And we add it to the, this canon of Scripture that we call the Bible. And it has biblical, scriptural principles that are valid for us today. So what was taking place in the churches in Galatia? There was some deception going on and going through these churches. The deception was this. You're going to have to work your way into heaven. You need to obey the Old Testament law. You need to observe, as chapter 4 of Galatians, chapter 4 verse 10 says, observe days, months, seasons, years. You're going to have to observe these festivals, these holy days, Sabbath days. You need to go back and fulfill all the ceremonial law, religious law, the, the um, civil law or sanctity laws that physically sat Israel apart from other nations. You understand the, the law. The law is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Anytime you're reading in the New Testament, like, for instance, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus said, I did not come to do away with the law and the prophets, destroy or abolish, but to fulfill the law and the prophets. When he says the law, he's referring to the first five books of the Old Testament, the Torah, the law. Why do I make that point? Because today there are some people who wrongly divide up the Bible and say, well, the entire Old Testament has nothing to do with the believer nowadays. And it's just not true. Because the book of Psalms is not the law. Proverbs is not the law. Isaiah is not the law. The law, the first five books of the Old Testament, did have specific set rules for the nation of Israel to obey. 600 plus laws. And none of those laws apply to us other than the ones that have been brought into the New Testament. And some, and there are laws that have been brought into the New Testament. But what we see with Jesus here, just kind of giving you a, a good foundation on our wake-up call today when we get to these main verses, we see Jesus, He actually raises the standard and raises the bar of holiness from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. For instance, the law would say, Thou shalt not commit adultery, which would be any type of sexual act outside of marriage. Jesus ups the ante, if you will. He increases the, he raises the bar. He says, you shouldn't even look on a woman and lust after her in your own eyes, in your own heart, because even if you don't physically follow it through, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So the law was to stop physical transgressions, acting out a sinful heart. The New Testament law is keep your heart pure, And that'll take care of the physical transgression, the physical sin. Because the reality is, once I say something or do something, all that is is a byproduct of what I first believed and what I thought on. See, if it's not in my heart, I won't say it out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. If it's not in my heart or in my mind, I won't do it. Because before an action is birthed, into reality before you do something, you first had to think it. You had a thought had to cross your mind and then you give life to that thought by meditating on it and letting it dwell and live in your heart, giving it energy, thinking about it, talking about it, letting it mull over in your mind. Then you kind of thought, thought through it. You know, there was a, there was a I, I can't even remember the name of uh, of the man, but there was. I know this is going to sound like a serious diversion here, but it, it's part of what we're talking about. <laughs> there was there was, a, there was this serial killer that lived in the northwest, and he was being interviewed uh, in prison, of course, after he had pled guilty and been sentenced to life for prison. And they were asking him a, a, about you know why did you do this? Why did you even? How did you even get to this point where you're you're murdering these people? You would pick up these. Uh, People who were uh, not pedestrians, uh, the hitchhikers. He would pick up hitchhikers going through the mountains out in the northwest, and and those were the people that the, those were the people his victims that he would end up murdering. And they they and the reporter was asking him, how, how did you even get to that point where you're doing these atrocious acts of crime and, and and hate and and hurting people, murdering people, these innocent people you just picked up that were just hitchhiking. He said, it all began with me one day thinking about, I saw a hitchhiker, and I thought, hmm. If I picked him up and I killed him, what would I do with his body? How would I go about that? How would I hide it? How would I do that without being caught? It all began with a thought. And the more he thought about it, the more he meditated on it, the more the thoughts became real to him that he then just acted it out. And again, the point here is this, the Old Testament had laws, even down to the type of clothes you would wear. For instance, you know, you couldn't wear mixed fabrics as an Israelite under the Old Covenant. Why? Because God wanted to make the nation of Israel set apart from the nations of the earth, even to the point where they were physically, visibly set apart. Their hair looked a certain way. Their clothes were cut and hemmed a certain way. They ate certain foods. They did certain activities on certain days of the week. On certain days of the week, in certain holy days, they didn't do any type of work. They physically looked different than the nations around them. Okay, but in the New Testament, that has not been done away with. Rather, we look different because we live a holy life the God. So there's things that you and I as Christians, we will not do, not because there is a point-blank written law in the New Testament that says, thou shalt not go here or do this, but rather our hearts are sanctified by the love of God, and we say, you know what? I'm going to avoid the very appearance of evil. Even if I'm not engaging in it, I'm not even going to show up at this type venue or this type place or be around this type of crowd of people because I don't even want to look like I'm around evil or engaging in evil. So we went from a written law, thou shalt not wear mixed fabrics so you can look different than other nations, to be holy even as I'm holy, 1 Peter chapter 1. So the Galatians find themselves, instead of living by faith, and being sanctified by faith and being strengthened by faith in christ they have been deceived by false prophets and false teachers trying to get them to come back under old testament law essentially these false prophets and false teachers that creep into the churches of galatia they say you know what if you really want to be saved you need to do this this and this old testament law and if you don't honor the sabbath and the feast and the holy days and do these types of ritualistic type things that were under the old covenant and required? Then you're not really saved. And Paul's making this point. He actually calls out if you read uh, if you read a few verses before, starting at verse eleven, you'll read about a altercation, an interaction that Paul has with the apostle Peter. Of course, the apostle Peter he gets a vision in Acts chapter ten concerning a man named Cornelius who was an Italian man. He was not a Hebrew. But the Lord told Cornelius by way of an angelic messenger, send for Simon Peter, who's at Simon the Tanner's house. Have Peter come to your house. He'll tell you what you need to know. Peter comes. He preaches the gospel to them. Cornelius and his whole household are saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And Peter says, they've already been saved. They're already talking in tongues, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Who am I to say they can't be baptized in water? Then they're baptized in water. Then it gets back to the Jewish council in Jerusalem of these Christian Jews, James and John, these new, very young Christians who were still trying to figure out from old to new covenant. And Peter says, look, am I the one? Am I going to deny these men water? They're saved. They confess Jesus, Lord. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit, just like we were in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room. Why would I withhold water from them of being water baptized as well? At that point, he realizes that as God told him in that vision he had of all these animals on the sheet, when three times God says, Rise, kill, and eat, Peter says, Oh, no, I don't eat anything unclean. And God says, Don't call anything that I've blessed unclean. At that point, Peter gets the revelation that God's not a respecter of persons. He says it himself God is not a respecter of persons. God honors faith regardless of whether you're white, black, brown, yellow, red, pink with purple polka dots, young, old, in between, man, woman, smart, not as smart. I'm not going to call you dumb <laughs> because you're not because you're listening to this podcast. You're very smart, obviously. Rich, poor, in between, native-born American or like a lot of our international listeners, from native-born in your country. No, God cares about the heart of faith. And that's why we are alive. We are alive in Christ Jesus by faith. And so Paul's actually saying, look, I spoke face-to-face with Peter. Because Peter gets this revelation that don't call unclean what God has blessed. But then, so when he's around the Gentile folk, he's okay. But then he gets around his Jewish Christian, his Christian brothers that are Jewish Christians And he starts to get a little uppity back into the Old Testament law. And then he wants the Gentiles to live like Jews who are still under the law. And Paul's making this point. Look, if you needed to do something, verse 17 of Galatians 2, if you needed to do something more than have faith in Jesus, then Christ is a minister of sin. Now, what does he mean by that? Because that's a little peculiar phrase. Verse 17, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. In other words, if you believe on Jesus and you're still a sinner and you're going to have to do something in addition to believing in Jesus, then Christ hasn't done anything to save you from your sin. See, salvation is not faith in Christ and something else. Salvation, we receive salvation. We receive this new life in God. By faith in Jesus and nothing added to it. Some people want to add things to it. Some people want to add physical actions or requirements to salvation, but there's no way around it. In fact, let me let me read it for you. Uh, Romans chapter 10. How can a man be saved? How can a woman be saved? How did you receive your salvation? Romans chapter 10, verse eight, but what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we, we, we preach. So what is the word of faith? Verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Verse 12, for there is no distinction between Jew or Greek. For the same Lord is over all and is rich to all who call upon him. Verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How do you get saved? How are you saved? You believed in your heart that Jesus is the risen Son of God, and you said with your mouth, Jesus, you are Lord. That's the way, the path of salvation. It's not believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and keep the Sabbath day. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and keep the religious Jewish feast and feast of tabernacles and feast of trumpets and and all these feasts. It's not... Believe in your heart Jesus is the risen Son of God. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. And abstain from eating barbecue and bacon, pork, and, and lobster, and shrimp. If you don't want to eat those things, you don't have to. If you want to celebrate Jewish holidays and remember what their intention was, you can. But it doesn't make you more saved. It doesn't make you more holy. It doesn't make you more powerful in the things of God. And it doesn't make you closer to Jesus What makes you close to the Lord Jesus Christ and what makes you grow in faith, 1 Peter 2 tells us that we can grow spiritually, going from babes who need the milk of the word to full-grown children eating the meat of the word. Hebrews tells us that as well. That progression is by faith. Verse 18, Galatians 2, For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. What has been destroyed the law and, and the and the the sin that law that the law revealed you understand the law was a schoolmaster it revealed that we needed a Savior because it showed that God has a standard of holiness and we can't meet it without the finished work of Christ on our own I, on my own I can't work myself up to the standard of holiness that God requires so when I receive salvation by faith the righteousness of christ is put on my account and i meet that standard of holiness but if i try to go back to the things that couldn't save me but to begin with i'm making myself a transgressor once more but if i die to the law i live to god i move out from the from the law into this new covenant reality which is i receive salvation by faith in jesus and here we get to verse 20 You've been crucified with Christ. You, yeah, you, you were crucified with Christ. By faith, spiritually, when you put your faith in Jesus, as far as God the Father is concerned, you were nailed to that cross with Jesus. You were crucified with Christ. And so, therefore, you, the old you, the old me, no longer lives. But you who is alive now is alive because of Christ living in you. In the life which you now live in the flesh, verse 20, 20 I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Spiritually, in the eyes of God, the life that you have as a believer is the life of Christ. That's the reality. That's truth. You think, man, that's too good to be true. But it is true. It's beyond natural understanding. It is a spiritual reality that the Holy Spirit helps you to understand by putting your faith in the Lord and in this word that we see. As a Christian, you're not a sinner saved by grace. You're not a refurbished Christian. You're not a rebuilt Christian. You're not a band up, bandaged up Christian. You are alive with the life of Jesus. The old you is dead and was crucified, hung on a cross with Jesus. In the life you live, you live by faith in Jesus, who loved you so much that he gave himself for you. That's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. That's the power of God. And see, everything we receive from God, we receive by faith in Jesus. Now understand this. You've been listening. This is Wake Up Call number 40. We've put over 100 episodes out on this podcast channel. You, the faithful that listen, part of the faithful tribe, you know good and well that I believe in holiness that we can, as Christians, live holy unto God. We had about a month or two ago evangelist Preston Shuttlesworth, if you go search it, Dominion Over Sin was the name of the title, where we we did a conversation with him. That was actually the second time we had him on the podcast. And he he showed us how we can live holy unto God. I believe in holiness. You must live holy. In fact, the Bible says, apart from holiness, no one will see God. Point blank, if you don't live holy, yeah, let me put it very simple. You can't live like hell on your way to heaven. Impossible. You're not going to send your way into, hell, into heaven. You will send your way into in hell. There is a deception in the earth that makes it sound like it just don't matter what you do. If you're saved, you're saved. That's it. No, that's greasy grace, hyper grace, ultra grace. It's a false deception that has been loosed into the earth in these last days that it might deceive the very elect, the people of God, so that some of them their love will grow cold and they will turn and apostate and turn from the things of God. It is a reality and it is something you should be warned of and keep your hearts and minds open to the work of Satan which is deception to get you off the path of salvation. So you understand, I firmly completely wholly believe in holiness and being sanctified, set apart to the work of God just a few wake-up calls. We talked about being set apart for the ma- use of the master. But understand this. Holiness is not a check-off list of do's and don'ts. The New Testament believer, you that's been made alive in Christ by faith in Him, holiness is not a check-off list of do's and don'ts. It is a way of life. It is living by the power of the life of Christ in you. And you love Jesus. So because of your love, you keep His commands. John 14 tells us that. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I keep the commands of God, not because it's a checkoff list or legalism or law, but because I love Jesus. I live holy. And I have the power to live holy because I believe in the risen Son of God, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Because righteousness comes to us and is imputed on us And flows through us, working itself out in holy living because of our faith in Jesus. Grow your faith and you'll strengthen your walk with Jesus. The stronger your faith grows, the closer you'll get to Jesus. The closer you are to Jesus, the easier it is to walk holy unto Him. The easier it is to walk holy unto Him. And see, everything we get from God, we get by faith. You know um, Ephesians chapter six verse ten. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. How do you receive the strength of God and the power of His might by faith? First Corinthians chapter six verse eleven talks. Verses nine and ten talk about these death penalty sins that should not be found among the New Testament believer. That if dying in those sins, you will go to hell. But you must repent so that you can be freed up from what is required, which is death for those sins. Verse 11 says, And such were some of you. Were, 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 were. Past tense. But now you are washed, sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Holy Spirit. How are you washed, sanctified, and justified? By faith in Jesus. Everything we receive from God is by faith. I can't get that strong enough in my heart or in your heart. Everything you receive from God is by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. You receive everything that God has for you, your inheritance, your covenant right, by faith. And that includes salvation, holiness, sanctification, being made right, being made holy, and living holy unto Him. Hey, I'm so thankful that you joined me for this morning's Wake Up Call. As I said, stay tuned to the podcast channel. Generally, we're releasing two episodes a week, uh, but you may see a little bump in activity as I continue to upload these in-depth teachings as we're working our way through Galatians and then eventually Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and so on and so forth. We'll see how far we get with it. But definitely several of these epistles we're going to work through verse by verse on the TikTok live stream. If you're not able to join me live, never fear. I'm going to upload those conversations here on the podcast channel. I believe they'll be for good studying, for good listening as well. I'm thankful for you. I pray the Lord's best for you. Thanks for joining me. And as always, remember, we are the faithful. I'll see you next time. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you. And every Thursday, I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.